today's episode of Degenerate Business School is brought to you by the return of earnings season, the forum for dramatic over and underreaction to corporate earnings every quarter the live long year. feeling good yeah yeah I, I, uh, physically i feel fine oh i don't but i'm not <laughs> i know you never do yeah <laughs> i'm not feeling good uh emotionally let me tell you let me tell you why let me break it down for you uh how many parlays have we bet on in the last three weeks it's a considerable number i've missed on all of them and this past weekend i flew close so close to the sun Four out of five parlays I hit on. I missed on one. It's the goddamn Detroit Lions failing me. Yeah. Against the uh, Vikings of Minnesota. <sighs> on top of that, I've come to the realization that the Cowboys are going to win the division, and that, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. And that Dak's going to have a good year. And all year, I'm going to just hear about how much better Dak is than Carson Wentz. Well, you, and how Carson Wentz has lost control of the locker room. We've been hearing it all season. Well, you can rest assured you won't hear it from me. because <laughs> No, I'll hear it from Skip Bayless. I, I won't have to remind you. To mm. me, it's more satisfying that you know that <laughs> than it is for me to tell you that. Yeah. I meant, I meant to talk so much <laughs> shit last Sunday, but at some point I just felt bad. You just felt bad. Yeah. You can't kick a dog while it's down. Exactly. On top of that, so, I mean, going into this week, I'm just like, I hope the Eagles score a touchdown against Buffalo, (laughs) which is a good place to be in mentally, but also sad. Uh, On top of that, my fantasy team is fading fast, was reliably in the top four in in points scored, and was on its way to a sure playoff berth, and now it's dropped three straight, is now seventh in points four. Um... And uh, I got some big losers in my stock portfolio we're going to get to. There's some silver lining that we'll also highlight, but I'm going to persevere in flushing money down the toilet on Bovada. Are you ready for this week's five-team parlay special? Here's what I got, Bobby. Eagles. Don't trust them. Don't trust them at all. But they're getting two points on the road against the Bills of Buffalo, according the advanced metrics of the NFL, not the NFL, of this guy that lives in a closet who does advanced metrics for the NFL, the Bills are the worst 5-1 team by advanced metrics in the history of the league since 1986. So there you go. I got Colts. Minus 5 at home against the Broncos. I got Panthers. Plus 5.5 on the road against the Niners. I got Green Bay. 4.5 point favorites on the road in Kansas City. Without Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I got the Dolphins plus 14 against the Steelers. Lock it in, Bobby. $10 to win 230 Yeah. Um, I like the parlay, which is the kiss of death, Damn unfortunately. Damn it, Bobby! Yeah. I, I think these are good. Um, what do you got? What's uh, 
You got a five teamer. You got. You are just on. You, you I, went. You went into black tar heroin with your triple reverse ETS, and now that you have a Bovada account, you've been doing parlays all week with basketball regular season games. I can't even keep track anymore. Basketball, football. Last Saturday, I did a college one on. Uh, I did a six-team <laughs> college one on teams that I've never even heard of. I hit on the first five, and then I lost B- Boise State versus BYU at like 10.30 p.m. Yeah, all, all things considered, it's actually amazing that you hit on five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this week, uh, I have a couple going on. Um, one that's going on right now, I took Minnesota minus six and a half. They covered. Good job by you. Uh, sorry, this is basketball, so today. <laughs> Um, I'm telling you, I, I've been I've been gambling nonstop. Uh, it, it's a real problem. Uh, Lakers minus I need three money. and a half. <laughs> Dallas plus two and a half. I took the under at two twenty five and USC minus twelve. Uh, but all basketball and one football. Uh, the football ones I have for Sunday. I have the over on Miami scoring thirteen and a half. I like Fitzmagic. We Fitz, talked about that. Yeah, yeah I feel I like, like I feel one. like he can throw two touchdowns. It's alarming how aligned we are. Um, I took the under on Houston scoring twenty eight and a half against the Raiders. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I took the under on the Rams scoring thirty and a half against the Bengals. I actually like that one. Uh, I took the under on Chicago scoring twenty two. Against. Hard to argue that because of Mitchell right. Trubisky. And I took the under on Minnesota scoring 28.5. So that one that, that, one that one's good. did that well one's good yesterday. And then I also have a nine-teamer, <laughs> which... Uh, uh, sorry, a nine-better, which hopefully will get me about five Gs if this pays. Yeah, I did tell you, like, if you ever actually hit on one of these, you're just going to take your pants off in the middle of, of the world, right? Yeah, of yeah, course. I mean, of course. <laughs> Uh, so the nine team are Miami plus fourteen and a half, Green Bay minus five and a half, mm-hmm. the under at fifty one, Raiders and and Texans, the over at forty six, Browns and uh, Patriots, mm-hmm. over at forty three, Eagles Buffalo, over at forty one and a half, Jets Jaguars. I actually don't like that one. Um, under at forty eight and a half, Bengals Rams, uh, under at forty nine and a half, Giants Lions. And Redskins plus 16. That one paid yesterday. So, one down, eight to go. Yeah, yeah. You usually get one, though. The first one. You usually get the first one. So, the rest of these roll inevitably. Yeah. Over eight. But, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been gambling nonstop for the last God knows how long. And I need you focused. I need you focused, Bobby. Can we, uh, should we turn to the stocks? Let's do it. We're going to do a special edition. This is the return of earning season part, many parts. Mm-hmm. Earning season strikes back. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of a special section. We're going to call it Greg's wins and losses. But there's a couple things that I don't want to get lost in the shuffle. Number one on the winning front, Valero. It's breaking out. Yeah, as it, James Lynn would say. It's breaking out hard. Good earnings, strong, quite strong. And you, like a bitch, like a coward, got out of your Valero position. But you know what? Greg is too lazy to go into his account and sell out of positions, which is going to bite him in the ass later on in this segment. And you'll see why. 
I'm now up 17% on Valero. The great oil crisis striking back. Yeah. In the positive. Yeah. Very, yeah. very impressive. I'm with you. Okay. Snap. Tough beat. Uh, I thought a bit unfair in its, uh, in its earnings uh, reception. Beat on user growth. Not by a wild margin. Beat on revenue. Beat on earnings. But then lowered its guidance for the fourth quarter. And then took a pounding. So basically, I raced my one-time lurch of gains, and I'm flat on Snap. But now, let's get into the disaster zone. Are you ready, Bobby? Yeah, lay it on me. I'm Zoom waiting. video. Woof. I'm now down 24%. God damn it, Zoom video. Could I tell you why? Not a chance. Slack has plummeted, and I have now lost 44% on Slack. Gah! <laughs> in case you're like, oh, well, you know, yeah, Valero's up 17, eh, it's, it's all kind of a wash. No, 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 no. I took a 2K flyer on Zoom and work each. Work is the call sign for Slack. And I only took 1,000 out on Valero. So I'm heavily, heavily down on this cluster of f- fucking dumpster fires. So what is the lesson, Robert? Uh, new, IPR, new IPOs are trash. They are trash. Yeah. Now... Having said that, when the day should come that Saudi Aramco is ready to go public (laughs) or Airbnb is ready to hit the public markets, I'm going to be the first one in line telling you on this podcast, it's a sure thing. Well, what I find fascinating is neither of those is in the cloud, which might (laughs) be the saving grace. Who the hell knows? I mean, yes. uh, As you know, my guiding principle is the cloud is everything, but Slack and Zoom are in the cloud and they're in the garbage dump. Uh, perhaps you could argue with Slack. Slack can't succeed at Microsoft's expense, and we'll get to this in a second, but Microsoft has been a venerable success and had solid earnings again, so pff, I don't know. Maybe not everyone in the cloud can win, potentially. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you what any of these companies does, so... I couldn't either. Yeah. You asked me in the car, yeah. and you're like, "What is what is it that Slack does?" I was like, I, "I don't know," but a lot of offices with millennials have it. It's software for the enterprise. Um, the other question I asked you before we get to a quick earning season roundup, which was largely uneventful, is something that I've been toying around with that I just can't get out of my head, which is, you know, what if Uber is the next company that actually changes the world with robot driving. It's plateaued at a solid low 30s. Why not take a flyer on Uber? I'm not saying I will. I'm just saying, what if in 10 years it's worth $1,000? So, because I don't own stock, I would be unimpressed if, if, I held stock for 10 years, and it was then worth $1,000. <laughs> uh, just because... Not enough beta, Greg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that really is it. <laughs> so you do a simple calculation of what the growth is, is over time. There are probably better ways of getting there. Now, I'm all for Uber ultimately ruling the world. Mm-hmm. but as, yeah, Especially for you. Yeah, especially for me. Mm-hmm. But as far as how we make money on that, there's probably better, maybe not better, 
but faster ways of getting there. Mm-hmm. Because if it does in fact happen in 10 years, you're going to be holding it with no returns for nine uh, and a half of those. A, a, a long time. Yeah. yeah it's going to happen overnight. They're going to be like, Congress approved robot cars. And then it will go from $32 to $999. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the concept of it, but I wouldn't do it. What comes to mind was uh, AMD, which fluttered at $2 for <laughs> ever before. Correct. You know, exploding to 30 so. All right. Should we do uh, the return of earnings season roundup? Uh, well, there, there's two stories that really are uh, somewhat related, but so there's the story of the S and P this week, which I find baffling, and there's the story of just collective earnings in general. Let's do collective earnings first. At a high level, earnings have been pretty much a nothing burger. Microsoft came out, basically did as expected, got a moderate. Bump in the stock price, but not really a bump. Just right. kind of a glacial improvement. Uh, Verizon sold phones. More phones than people thought. Didn't move at all. Amazon tanked briefly because it had crappy profit metrics. And then kind of rebounded and would probably just rebound to sideways over right. the next couple weeks. We talked about Snap. Snap had positive short-term results, bad fourth quarter guidance, basically kind of like tanked and corrected back up. So there's nothing in the corporate sector, I would say. I've definitely left some out. We talked about Valero breaking out. But there's nothing in kind of these like core blue chip stocks that everyone's looking at that gives anyone pause or cause for alarm. And Despite all of that nothingness, the S&P continues to surge to historic highs. What does the Wall Street Journal say, Bobby, about the S&P getting to what? Almost its all-time high? Yeah, 3,025 is its closing high. We closed that 3,022. Yeah. We've been, like, flirting with that line for Mm -hmm. some time. So... So, WSJ says... It's because people are optimistic about China trade agreements. Again, I, I don't understand this. We talked about this. Yeah, I mean, that's that's as simple a rationale as, it's, as you're going to get, but the earnings aren't necessarily driving this higher. Exactly. There, there really isn't economic data that's driving this higher. There's optimism that there's a an agreement imminent on a China trade deal that does essentially nothing. And by the way, I don't want to want this to get lost. You know what else is at an all-time high? The deficit. Yeah. The deficit's at an all-time high. Special pet project of yours. Yeah. That's uh, something I've held near and dear to, not necessarily my heart, but it irks me a bit. It irks you. So long and the short of it is, we're at this all-time high-ish. Right. There's nothing fundamental to support it. If you or I were betting men, and God knows we are, and bad at it, might I add. Well, at least I am. You're bad at sports. We'll see about the stock market in a second. Um, As just rational beings, why would we ever be optimistic about the Trump administration coming to terms that would be satisfactory with the Chinese government? This just feels like false optimism at the end of it all. 
Yeah, I mean, so part of my biggest takeaway from the S&P getting to where it's at is that there's really nothing driving it there. It's not it's not China news, it's not earnings. There simply is no conviction to this market. And and you can see that because the daily volume traded is well below average. So, sure it can move up, but it could very easily come right back down, mm-hmm. which is why I intend to short this as I've, as I've mentioned in the past. Once it gets to that level, it's it's coming down. So last week you were double-sided. I was. You sold out of the long position. I did, yeah. Now you're all short city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, th- there, there is no conviction to any of this. Uh, the earnings have been okay. Uh, there is a Fed meeting coming up. Now there is, there are starting to be whispers that maybe Jerry doesn't cut again. The market was pricing pretty substantially mm-hmm. the odds of, a, of another cut. So, yeah. I don't like it. There is no conviction to any of this. There is no reason for the S&P to get to where it is. I think it's coming down. I think it's coming down for shell. And what alarms me is, we talked about this in the vaunted episode, The Secret History of Recessions, uh, brought to you by GEICO. Um, no, GEICO, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you definitely don't sponsor this. <laughs> but uh, I would say this. We talked about it in that episode is, there is, there is like so much illogic to these oscillations day to day in the market. And then there's like a window dressing put on it by financial news publications. Today it was China trade, but all of it is so flimsy. Like on Monday, the Donald could be like, China trade is off. We're imposing new tariffs and bam plummets. Like the fragility of the S and P at this point is kind of astonishing. Right. And and even if you focus on the earnings that came out that actually did well, the fact that even that didn't move the respective stocks, like that should say something, right? If you like the behavior of the S&P this week before it rallied today was mm. was pretty fascinating. It would always open up and then fade into the close. It did that Monday, it did that Tuesday, it did that Wednesday. It was a bit of a rally the last two days. But there's no conviction to any of this. So when Microsoft comes out and presumably has good earnings... Yeah, they're like, guys, but again, the cloud is great. Cloud's doing great for us. Right. And the stock did nothing. Basically nothing, yeah. So, yeah. My, my big takeaway is there's no conviction to this. There is no incremental buyer. There is no incremental demand that's driving this higher. I think it's going lower. Yeah. I, I feel certain about it. So, if you are into black tar heroin like Robert, yeah. now is the time. Yeah. Now is the time to go short. Uh, there is another one that I actually wanted to uh, remark on as a follow-up. We talked about it last week because it's always on the bleeding edge of earnings. But I did exit... I had, Listen, this is degenerate business school, not responsible business school. I basically staked roughly... Eh, 15% of my 401k on Netflix. Woof. And uh, I gracefully exited this week. Uh, they had earnings. There was a temporary bump. I was waiting for a rally. Didn't happen. I sold out at 275 and after a week of machinations, it's nestled in at about there. Now, 
That's my 401k. And my IRA? I still got plenty of Netflix, baby. So the degenerate streak won't lose, but I kind of like diversified out of the heaviness of my Netflix position. Now, one thing that we didn't touch on last week that I thought was interesting about Netflix's earnings rhetoric, and again, this is someone defending potentially the end of uh, a run of dominance that we'll never see again, or just the beginning, but that the so-called streaming wars, is that really something that matters strategically to Netflix? So everyone is paranoia, yours truly included, that when Disney Plus launches and now launches with a piggyback on a Verizon first-year deal, uh, when... Hulu gains more original traction, more original programming traction, that it will just steal share from Netflix. And they made the rejoinder that, well, actually, if you look at markets where we compete with Hulu, like both penetration of Netflix and Hulu are rising in parallel. And that the onset of the streaming wars will just create a situation where all boats rise and Netflix will be just fine. But whether or not you believe that counter-argument the market won't buy it for a long-ass time to come. Right. So now, I agonize over this debate with myself. I am probably going to exit my position in all of my other accounts. The question is, I don't know where to reinvest it at this point, or if I'll just hold it in trust. But I'm just, I feel like I've topped out on the Netflix volatility, and I'm probably good with that. Yeah, and and my biggest takeaway is, is this. The fact that it's it's reached this point of saturation doesn't necessarily prevent the stock from going higher. It very well could. On it's pricing just, power. Right. But you won't continue to see the same uh, like powerful moves to the upside, right? The only the only growth the only secular growth pattern it has is international. Sure. Which people seem to discount for whatever reason. But domestically. Yeah, and and but and and here's here's one of the arguments I would make against all boats rise is if you get to the point where everybody and their grandmother's offering you a a note some sort of streaming service, at some point you're going to get to the point where similar to in today's market where you're basically paying a provider for them to aggregate content for you. Correct. You're going to get to that point again where. Hulu's costing you, I don't know, $10. Netflix is costing you 15 And you prune the shit. Yeah. And then, again, now you oscillate. This is why Netflix is so compelling. It's like, then you oscillate back to, well, then all that matters is how good is your original content. And they've like, tripled down on that. And how differentiated is your content. At the end of the day, you just want to watch pornography, mm-hmm. sports programming, and the shows that you like. And Netflix, right now, is only in one of three categories. Now, porn could be on the horizon. And if they ever do, I'm back in. <laughs> back in big time. Read. <laughs> Read. Read. Take some notes. Interactive. Uh, <laughs> I might churn, but that'll, that'll get me back. Uh, all right. So, long and the short of it is, S&P is irrationally high. So, short it. Or if you have index funds, sell out of them. That's fair. That's fair. I I would say this, and and again, 
I largely base my my actions on on technicals. So right now we're approaching an all-time high, and I am I am shorting the S and P essentially. If we make a substantial move to the upside, then you ride it higher. But at this point, there is solid solid resistance that we have no reason to believe. Correct. This will be any different. Correct. So if you do, if you do in fact get out, you might miss out on like twenty points of the S and P. Sorry, but you're managing away a ton of exposure. The downside is so much worse. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't even know. We probably should have researched this, given that it's a podcast that we host mm-hmm. weekly. What other earnings do we have to look forward to next week? I think Facebook reports next. Facebook, week. that'll be an interesting one. Um, but I feel like we'll we'll have a big round out on the earnings picture next week. Well, this was the busiest week of earnings, so I feel like anything after this probably won't be. It'll be icing on the cake. Yeah, or poison in the cake. Yeah, it'll be a cake of some sort. Yes. <laughs> All right. I think that's all we got. I feel like, Bobby, this is my week in the NFL. I really do, based on nothing. Well, I'll, I'll, I think back to your reasoning for picking, <laughs> I forget who it is, but whoever's playing San Francisco. Oh, uh, Carolina's playing San Francisco. Right. And I said to you, you know what? San Francisco 6-0, and I don't buy it. And I think that they're due for a loss. And whenever you're thinking like that, you're guaranteed to lose. Well, that that is precisely the reasoning behind my nine game parlays. <laughs> I'm a solid fifteen thousand and zero yeah. on those. So <laughs> one of these has to hit. On top of that, I do want to mention that you and I did a lot of preseason bets. Yeah. And the one that's looking the most choice, even though I'm betting against them this week, is San Francisco. Yeah. At 16-1? Or 26-1? Can't remember. I want to say 26. 26-1. to Yeah. And now, like, I was just looking at it today, those odds are 10-1. to So, it's savvy work on our part. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, you're welcome, America.